Yeah, one of those mornings getting in here and getting ready. I don't know how I did it, to be honest. <laughs> we don't know how either. Well, exactly. Brian it was and I like, have oh been my goodness. Cleaning up papers and. <laughs> What's going on? Well, you know what? It took me about like five minutes to remember how to tie my tie. That's where oh. I'm at in my life. Okay. I don't, wear, I don't, more. I don't wear them all that much. And I'm you just like, what? how do I tie this? There could be a reason for things turning upside down. We've got a story coming up. Oh, yeah, okay. It has to do with mercury. Mercury? Okay, yeah. so that's what's going on. Yeah. All right. All right. Find out. Interesting. Awesome. Fair enough. Okay. okay, what about that fog? Oh, yes. It's one of those mornings where you say, where in the fog am I? <laughs> I can't, I just can't. Get the fog out of here, <laughs> that's Brian. That's right. we got to work on that. <laughs> yes, we do. You're right. We do. We have a fog advisory in effect. It has been ended. It has ended for Toronto and for Peel. Uh, but for the rest of us, yeah, we have the fog advisory. It's thicker in a lot of areas, and it was thicker earlier. It's dissipating a little bit now. Uh, the temperature will warm up, and as the temperature warm up, warms up, the fog dissipates. But we are in for cloudy skies and drizzle for the day today. Chance of drizzle on and off. Again, a mild high today. We should hit four degrees. We got to about two yesterday, and we're sitting at plus one right now. The wind should be fairly light. We'll talk about it coming up. Checking traffic this morning, 403 Waterdown Road. Actually looks better this morning than it did yesterday morning when it was a lot foggier, uh, so nothing there. To our MTO traffic cameras, give you an idea, Nikola Tesla Boulevard, that actually looks pretty good. Um, no problems with volume here south of two, other side of the skyway. That camera went by. Uh, here's east of Royal Windsor Drive, but I do want to show you back into St. Catharines. There's the QEW east of Lake. There's some fog, as you can see there. So we'll look at weather and traffic coming up for you right now, the news. All right, Brian, up first, five players from Canada's 2018 World Junior Hockey Team have reportedly been told to surrender to police in London. They're facing sexual assault charges over an alleged group sexual assault of a woman in a hotel room in London following a Hockey Canada event. Five players from the 2018 team announced this week that they will be taking leaves of absence from their professional hockey clubs, though they are not officially connected to these charges. Some now do play in the NHL. In an unsealed court document, the alleged victim says she was having consensual sex with one member in a hotel room back in 2018 when she says seven more entered the room and assaulted her. Police launched a second investigation back in 2022 after Hockey Canada quietly settled a $3.5 million lawsuit with the woman in 2019. Now, London police say they will provide an update on the investigation on February the 5th, though they are not able to provide any information at this time. City of Hamilton staff are recommending an outside contractor operate and maintain the LRT for the first 10 years. When it finally gets here, Simone Gavros joins us now from Hamilton's downtown transit terminal with more. Hi, good morning, Annette. Well, yes, the question now remains is who's going to actually run the LRT? Is it going to be the city or a third party, as the staff report recommends? Now, the president of the local transit union here in Hamilton says that this option is, quote, not acceptable. In 2014, when it was proposed for the LRT, uh, it was a $3.2 billion project of taxpayers' money. One of the things that were promised was that it would bring good community benefits. Part of those community benefits are good paying jobs, uh, union jobs. If you look at the, the privatized system uh, in transit, you will find that they cut costs on the back of workers. 
City staff came up with various operating models that were based on four main criteria factors, those being customer experience, risk and liability, cost and interface between parties. Now, the model that the city staff is recommending would see the city perform passenger interface activities like safety, fare collection and overall customer experience. A third party would handle everything else like operating the vehicles themselves. Now, this option would likely be the lowest cost option, according to the staff report. The city says that the model that it's recommending for the next 10 years is currently used in Waterloo's LRT system and will also be used in the Mississauga Hazel McCallion line. Now, the recommendation from city staff will move to the city's LRT subcommittee next Monday. Annette, I'll send things back over to you. Okay, thanks very much. Well, Hamilton City Councillors are taking another crack at a bylaw that would charge the owners of vacant homes or apartments or condos an extra 1% on their property taxes. A lot of homework has been done to get to this point. Uh, permissions have been sought by the Ministry of, of Finance and secured. Um, I think the onus is on us. Uh, to demonstrate to that minister and to his government um, that this council is serious and prepared to pull every lever. As Councillor Maureen Wilson, she adds owners who keep residential units empty increase the housing burden on the whole community. She says the vacant unit tax is about making those owners pay their fair share. Now, last year, Council had asked staff to prepare a policy, but it, when it came time to actually bringing it into law, a surprise last-minute vote kiboshed the plans. So city staff are being directed again to come up with a plan for the tax. It isn't expected to change much from last year's other than adding an exemption for non profit housing projects. Councillor Narinder Nan says the city of Ottawa has seen around a $10 million bump since it applied a similar tax, money that could be used to alleviate the housing crisis. Councillors John Paul Danko and Ted McMeekin pushed for a higher tax to begin with. There are expectations that this 1% would grow to 3% in a few years. Now, councillors are trying to get the bylaw through in the first quarter of this year. If it passes, the tax would apply to units that are vacant in 2024, but it won't, the collection won't start until next January. And as Hamilton deals with the rising cost of housing and all kinds of things, the province says it will work with municipalities on their budgets, but they've stopped short of committing to funding. These are mayors and municipal leaders in their own right who have care and control over substantial uh, uh, municipal budgets um, and we'll continue to work with them on issues that are of a uh, provincial priority and a local concern. That's Ontario's Deputy Premier Sylvia Jones. Now, Hamilton City Council has been calling on the province and the federal government to help cover costs when it comes to housing and services for the homeless population. The city says even with a proposed property tax hike of 7.9%, a lot more is needed to cover the $2.4 billion budget, which means that some money is going to need to be pulled from City of Hamilton Reserves, and that's something that the Deputy Premier encourages.
Well, speaking of housing, a tourist attraction in the Niagara region could be yours for the right price. One of the historic homes known as the Painted Ladies on the Grimsby Beach neighborhood is up for sale. This one's called the Cotton Candy House. It was built about 150 years ago as a vacation property on land that was gifted to the Methodist Church. A few decades ago, the one-bedroom, one-bathroom house that's about 950 square feet was turned into a work of art with shades of pink, purple and teal inside and out. The home is listed right now for uh, $674,900. All right, let's get into sports and a number of things to get to in the wide world of sports. And it starts with something happening on the other side of the world as we speak, as the women's semifinals are underway at the Australian Open with defending champ from Belarus, Arena Zabalenka ranked second in the world facing American Coco Goth, who last the, won the last major at the U.S. Open in September, where she beat Sabalenka. Well, with Sabalenka getting some revenge and continued her quest to repeat that the Aussie ally, she took down Goff in straight sets. 7-6, 6-4, earlier this morning is off to the final. She will face either qualifier Diana Yastrzemski from Ukraine or Kiwin Zhang from China, as their semifinal is underway as we speak. Here's Robertson trying to twist away from Peon. Now he goes to Benji Fogg. Scores! Austin Matthews, a winner! Ah, who else but Austin Matthews scored the OT winner for the Maple Leafs as they welcomed a very talented Winnipeg Jets team into the bank. It was the only girl of the night for either team in the 39th of the season for AM34 to lead the league. The only reason it got that far was for Ilya Samsonov in the Leaf Net, who had a tough season but getting sent down and returned and looked good, stopping a 2-1-0 on the power play in the second period. What? How does that happen? Beautiful. He received a standing ovation from the home crowd, all part of a 32-save shutout, the 12th of his career, second of the season. Leafs have won two straight, and they are in the peg Saturday night to complete the home-and-home. That's like a beauty right there. All right. Uh, we are a week away from the NHL All-Stars arriving in the big smoke for All-Star Weekend with players like Nathan McKinnon coming to town. And what a season he is having. Added to that last night against Washington. He would score a natural hat trick, which means three goals in a row, and then would add a fourth and a five-point night and a 6-2 win over the Capitals. Took control of the league lead in points. He now has 82 in 48 games. Stretch pass just out of the reach of Murphy. She still gets a shot on, and the rebound is punched in as Montreal takes the lead 2-1. to one. Yeah, on the ice in Minnesota, that goal by Montreal's Teresa Vanasova would hold up as the game winner and hand Minnesota their first loss on home ice. The 2-1 win also gives Montreal a fourth win in seven games, propels them over Mini into top spot in the PWHL. Now the other PWHL game came for the nation's capital. The Prime Minister in attendance along with two of his kids cheering on Ottawa who were playing on their home ice some back-to-back -back nights coming off a 3-1 win over Toronto on Tuesday. Things didn't work out as well as Boston would score with under a minute left in the third to propel them to the 3-2 win in front of the PM and 5,000 others at TD Place. These two are tied for third in the standings. Native of Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Led the Canadian national team to the bronze medal in the World Championships. And his game has been gold all season long. 
You darn right, it's been wow. gold. Shea Gilgis Alexander has been gold, coming off 33 in a win over Portland on Tuesday. He was at it again, right on his average in San Antonio, finishing with 32 points against super rookie Victor Wembanyama and his Spurs SGA as a talented rookie as well. Chet Holmgren, who beat Wemby and the Spurs easily, 140, 114 to remain atop the West standings. Well, we've got a mild but uh, damp and foggy start to our uh, day today, 25th of January, Thursday here. Looking at our exclusive camera, this is the 403 and Waterdown Road once again. <sighs> not a lot to see right there. Looks pretty good at the moment. Even as far as the fog is concerned, it's not too bad right there. To our MTO traffic cameras, once again into St. Catharines, a little foggier here. Fog advisory in effect for Niagara, for Hamilton, for Halton, Brantford, but not for Toronto into Peel as well. Nikola Tesla Boulevard, fine. East of Brant, no, nothing there. East of Royal Windsor to Sheridan through Mississauga and the 403 at Burnham Thorpe. Nothing going on at the moment, so take it carefully, please. Temperature is right around the freezing mark, so we could get some slippery conditions here this morning. We're on the plus side. That's mild to start the morning here. Uh, one degree is our temperature. Relative humidity again at 100%. Uh, the winds are light from the north northeast at the moment. So for school today, uh, we are looking at a cloudy sky, some drizzle on and off throughout the day, and a four-degree high for the day. So, well, once again, mild above seasonal. Uh, high pressure ridge dissipating a little bit, but another low is coming at us. That is going to bring some rain, and that rain could be heavy at times overnight tonight. Uh, some heavy downpours, maybe 5 to 10 millimeters tonight, and another five during the day tomorrow as the temperatures stay mild. Today, generally four and five degrees, but no sunshine, no, don't look for that. Uh, look for the drizzle to stick around for the day today. Tonight, the temperatures don't fall. They stay at around four and five degrees, but there's that five to 10 millimeters of rain overnight. And then tomorrow, again, another cloudy day. Uh, we're looking at five degrees for the high, even six for Simcoe and Decayuga. Uh, a little less rain, maybe about five millimeters is what we're looking at for tomorrow. But yeah, the wetness continues, but so do the mild temperatures. So out the door this morning, we do have fog, drizzle, temperature right now, plus one. Long range coming up, Annette, Tim. And all that hard work that you put into the community rink last week. Yeah, flooding is, is in and being up there away. every night. Yeah, every night into the wee hours is just washing <laughs> away with these warm temperatures, huh? Okay, if my neighbors are watching you guys. Well, that's what you told us. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> that is a big fin. Here, you're like, other people are just sitting in their okay. living rooms watching. So Don't many worry, guys, people. I'm out here in the freezing cold. So many of my amazing neighbors in Burlington put this rink together. I just enjoyed it with my children. Yes. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't even enjoy it. My children You enjoyed enjoy sending it. your kids yes, to it. Totally. Yeah. Oh, I was there freezing my butt off. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, the rain certainly not helping the rink. No. That's for sure. But you can't shovel rain, so yay. Coming up, Marie Osmond. She's going to be performing at Falls View. We got a chance to speak to her yesterday. And Dolly Parton, she is cooking something up in the kitchen from okay. 95. We'll see you in a little bit. 617, here's some numbers. Canadian dollar down 10 basis points, sitting at 74.05 cents US. Gold up almost two bucks, 2017.90. An ounce crude oil up a buck 15, 76.24 a barrel. Off to Europe, hey Europe. Markets are down in London, Frankfurt, and Paris. 
In Asia, the markets were up today in Tokyo, Hong Kong and Shanghai. Checking North American markets, the TSX just dropped nine points. The Dow Jones was down by 99, a slight gain for the Nasdaq. All right, glad you're here on this Thursday morning. Let's get into some business news. As the Red Sea crisis forces cargo vessels to find alternative shipping routes, environmental threats are limiting the use of the Panama Canal. So a severe ongoing drought is causing dangerously low water levels in the canal. Some ocean carriers had chosen to reroute through the Suez Canal, which connects the Mediterranean to the Red Sea before Houthi attacks on commercial vessels in that region escalated. But now... Many ships cannot rely on either waterway, leading to shipping delays and price hikes. The unfavorable combination of El Nino and global warming, that is hurting the Panama Canal like never before. 2023 was the second driest year for the waterway in its 110-year history until El Nino lets up, possibly in the spring. Global manufacturers and shipping companies will be at an impasse. A Quebec environmental group is trying to get a court injunction against an electric vehicle battery plant outside of Montreal. The group says work on the $7 billion facility being built by Northvolt out of Sweden was allowed to start without properly analyzing the impact to biodiversity in the area. Northvolt started cutting down trees on the 170-hectare site before stopping last week once the injunction was filed. A lawyer for Northvolt says the delay could be fatal for the client. And the Mohawk Council of Ganawage has also filed a separate lawsuit against this project. They want provincial and federal governments to consult with them on the plant. Rona says it's cutting about 300 jobs and closing two distribution centres as part of the plan to adjust its operating model and eliminate inefficiencies. So the Home Improvement Retailer says it will close a distribution centre in Quebec and another one in Calgary. So since American retailer Lowe's sold Rona to a private equity firm in late 2022, the company has cut about 500 jobs. Boeing 737 MAX 9s could be back in the air again soon. The U.S. Federal Aviation Administration has approved inspection uh, criteria for the plane that would return it to service if it's followed. The FAA has also warned Boeing that the January 5th incident must never happen again. That's when part of an Alaskan Airlines flight blew off in midair. The FAA also says it will not approve any additional production lines for the 737 MAX until Boeing satisfies quality control concerns. That's a bit problematic for the MAX 7 and MAX 10 variants of the plane, which are still awaiting approval to carry passengers. The 737 MAX has been the most beleaguered aircraft for Boeing. The FAA grounded it for 20 months in 2019 after its design was found to be responsible for two deadly crashes. Second day in a row, depending on where you are, you might be waking up a little bit foggy and then heading out and into the fog. Uh, Brian has a look at uh, traffic and your seven-day forecast into the weekend right after this. Good morning, 624 on the 25th morning of January. It is a foggy start in a lot of areas into St. Catharines, particularly QEW and 7th. As you can see, uh, nothing going on as far as the roads are concerned. Visibility is better here south of 2, but the uh, traffic conditions are starting to snarl a little bit. Third line, no problems all the way through Sheridan into Mississauga, dipping into the 403 at Burnham Thorpe. Not a lot happening this morning, so that's good so far. We'll keep you posted, though. Let's check the temperatures that we have at the moment. Hamilton on the
the plus. Well, everybody's on the plus side. Plus one for Hamilton, Grimsby, two for Mississauga into Toronto. So above seasonal, seasonal overnight low is minus 10. So that's how mild we are. Minus two for the daytime high as a check in our sun times and our records for today. Yes, some drizzle for today and some fog for today. So three degrees for the first bell should be sitting around four degrees after school. Both time frames we're looking at some drizzle and of course the fog. Uh, Tom sent us this shot of walking in Gage Park yesterday looking towards the escarpment. Where's the escarpment? It's back there somewhere. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for the shot, Tom. Uh, looking at four degrees today with that chance of drizzle four overnight, but the rain settles in overnight and that rain could be heavy at times. Five to ten millimeters tonight, another five tomorrow. But look at the temperatures mild again Friday into Saturday again. Cloudy skies. Where's the sun? There's no sun. Two degrees and chance of flurries on Sunday and then we get chillier minus two for Monday, but it climbs again next week. That's a look at your forecast and that Tim. Okay. So a battle over one of India's best known dishes. Oh, it's heating up in court. Mm -hmm. Two restaurant chains in India are fighting over the origins of butter chicken. The family behind the Moti Mahal restaurants is their founder created the dish in the 1930s before moving to Delhi. They've sued rival chain Dariajan, claiming, accusing it of falsely claiming to have invented butter chicken. Dariajan counters that it was one of their late family members who had partnered with the Moti Mattel founder to open the deli restaurant in 1947, and that's when the dish was invented. Cases caused a stir on social media in India, with some claiming that neither invented the dish. It was probably first made by a grandmother in a kitchen. Cases winding its way through the high court in India. The next hearing is set for May. I'd like to be on that jury, especially I if they gave so. samples. Do you love yeah, butter chicken? I do. I do. And the great thing about butter chicken, it can taste differently wherever yeah. you're having it. Everybody yeah. has a little different twist, twist on it, too. A little warm man bread. Mm. We're I hungry like already. I it's about I, our lunchtime. Well, I was going to say, I've had it for <laughs> breakfast before. If there's okay. leftovers in the fridge, I'll just heat it up. <laughs> Yummy. Uh, live I Luke, you know what I'm talking about, too. Okay, uh, taking a break. Lots more on this uh, foggy Thursday right after this. Yes, yeah, so people have.